RadioInfluence.com. The future is now. Initiate procedure. Okay, the MJ Radio Network. We are go. Now, stand by for the MJ Morning Show. Well, guys, the response to the first MJ Morning Show reunion podcast was so good. Here we are. We're back with number two. And Froggy's already giving me the business. He's already nagging me. we got to do this quickly. I've got family dinner at Carabas tonight. On. Yeah, i got to go eat some Carabas. i got family dinner. Come on. Fancy meal, huh? i got something. i got to take the boys for their calamari. It's calamari is their favorite. Calamar. 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 Cal- Boy, is the, the Olive Garden booked? <laughs> Unfortunately, you get to the Olive Garden? <laughs> Sold out. <laughs> Completely the soup and breadsticks <laughs> buffet. And you couldn't get in there. Well, listen. Let's just, let's get this thing going. Good to see you guys. Why, why don't you, you figure out how to get some calamari and bread it and put it in a fry daddy at home? Make the kids calamari at home. What are you nuts? I don't, have, I don't want to do that. Who am I? You making rice at home? Have you seen his videos? Him making rice. Oh, how boring. So oh. ste- look what I'm doing. <laughs> Steaming rice. Okay. Why did you tweet that? What you I didn't tweet it. It was on my Instagram. Was Instagram, that on, was that on Twitter as well? I don't make my own food. I can't. <laughs> you go make your own food. You guys cook. I don't cook. So right. We've got a lot on tap for today. Dave the Dwarf is going to make an appearance here on the MJ Morning Show podcast. The Dwarf's in bad shape. Wait, I thought he was going to be here. All right, hold on. I called him this morning. He has, a, is it a, a, a sinus infection or a I don't respiratory? I what he has. He's, it's called dwarfism is what he, he has. He is also, and I, don't, I, I want to say this and sound very serious and like I'm not making a joke about this, but I'm gonna, I don't know how it's going to come out. <clears throat> he is, <clears throat> dude, come on. The, he's he, also he, wheelchair. He, <laughs> oh, Fester, that's not funny. <laughs> I'm sorry. I told you guys. What the hell's the matter with you? And you're you laughing at me? It's funny that? that the dwarf is wheelchair. I don't. I visited him in the hospital several times. Yeah, and so did I. He's immobilized. He he's do, he's sending me video now. He's starting to walk in rehab. So right. uh, and he sends me videos like once a week from rehab. And you're laughing. What's, what's the matter with you? He told me by the time. Hey, same old Fester. He he's. Told, I mean, seriously, you're like heartless, bro. He Your told, brain is missing. You know when you see the the cutout areas yes. of the brain. You're missing the part that has, like, sympathy, <laughs> empathy, emotion. Look, he told me by the time we get around to episode three, he should be walking, which is a good thing for oh, me. Because I, thought you were, I thought you were going to say that if if he's not on episode two, he might not be alive oh, for episode three. Stop. I thought, that that, thought that's what you are going to say. Yeah. Last is, summer, last summer, I gave everybody the call, the red right light. Now. Hey, guys, I think this is it for the yeah. dwarf. We better go visit him quickly. But, but he looks like a little dwarf puppet on that thing that he walks on now. Do you see him? He looks like he's on little dwarf puppet <laughs> Oh, jeez. Now you're making, come on. Give the, listen, we'll have Dave the Dwarf on later on. We'll get the Dave the Dwarf story. Oh, can I make a mention here? I was on a United flight. Who is the rocket surgeon that decided to put the direct TV controls right in the middle of the armrest. The lady next to me was changing my channels, and my volume was going up and down during the entire flight. (laughs) Two hours and 20 minutes of, I'm trying to watch this, and the channels are changing, then the audio, it it blasts my eardrums out, then it goes down to nothing. You know what I'm talking about? Did she have her hand that hit it, or was her fat? I I, I don't fly United coach that much. Well, I don't fly United that much, 
But they have on the newer airplanes, they've got the yeah. the, the seat back TVs like JetBlue. And who thought it was a good idea to put those controls right in the middle of the armrest where what do you do? You put your... You put your hand. You put your arms. Yeah. Wait, that's your armrest anyway. So push your fat arm out of the way. Well, no, that's the ever going like battle between... A community the, armrest. Exactly. Who it gets, is? Who gets the armrest? Dude, I've almost... I, that's my armrest always. I don't care who. I, I always take yeah, but it. But... I'm aggressive. If, you know, if you're going to take the armrest, you got to claim it. And you got to leave your arm on there for the entire flight because the minute you take it off, or I mean, even if it's for three seconds, then the person next to you, they'll get the, they're waiting for you to move your arm so they can get on that armrest. It's like on the Serengeti where there's a carcass of an animal, and if a hyena leaves, the other hyena can go and get it. Well, hey. this has been a double armrest for planes. <laughs> Me and you. They're not crowded enough, yes. Hey, Peter Cofield. I thought we'd start off this second episode of the MJ Morning Show podcast. I thought we'd play the MJ jingle song that Peter Cofield did for us. And just a little background on this. This was the guy that had, I mean, a whole resume of unbelievably successful jingles. Do you remember how this happened? Do you we remember? did not know he was so accomplished. We had no idea. When we because what do you what, remember what I told you to go find out? I, yes. I, I said, Fester, go find this guy. I want to know who did this jingle. And do you remember, tell me the story. Let's see if you remember the story. It was the jingle was Direct TV. It was somebody up there loves you. Direct TV. This might be 2005, 2006. Yeah, I think 2006 okay. is about right. But so I love that. For whatever reason, you remember the jingle from? Oh, uh, yeah. Somebody up there loves you. Direct TV. Actually, I identify more the MJ jingle with that than Direct TV at this point. Well, I got so Direct times. TV because of that jingle. Then I realized <laughs> none of those sons of bitches loved me. Pause it, stop it. You can watch it on your own time, baby. Somebody up there loves you. Somebody's got their eye on the ball. Someone who keeps you excited. Most definitely. Somebody up there loves you. Direct TV. So, uh, for whatever reason, I came in on the show one morning and I, I had a snippet of the jingle and I played it on the show. I'm like, guys, I'm obsessed with this jingle. I can't get the damn thing out of my head. I'm like, Fester, find the guy that is singing on this jingle. Right. Or wrote the jingle, and it turns out it was the same guy. The same guy wrote it and sang on it. And fest. How the hell did you find that guy? I called. Uh, I called Directv Corporate out of New York. I called them. I was like, "Hey," who, and they turned who me sings on. This, and they, I told them they hey. the ad agency. They was called me the ad right, agency. Yeah, I want yeah. Fester from the MJ Morning Show. And Peter Cofield had a representative, probably his wife, call me back. <laughs> right. And then he called me back, and I told him everything. About us and how we appreciated his work, and we're into. And I was obsessed with the freaking jingle. I couldn't get it out of my head. And he goes on to tell me, he goes, "You know, this isn't even my best work." And he's he's being very, you know, uh, we're having a humble. really good time, and he's very humble. He wrote, "This is crazy." Yeah, and what else did he write? Well, we'll tell you in a second. We had him on the show. Remember, we interviewed him on the show, right? And I was blown away. He wrote. Just for the taste of it, Diet, Diet Coke. Coke. He did that one. Whoa, and then, oh, okay. Uh, in the Cola Wars, he also did the Pepsi commercial. The Ray Charles stuff. You got the right one, baby. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. He worked yeah. with Ray Charles. He wrote the, the traitor. He wrote one of the best Coke jingles. He wrote one of the best Pepsi jingles. And also, what was another big jingle that this guy did? Come on. Uh, Come, chewing gum. Oh, uh, uh, big red, big red, big red. So How'd kiss a little longer, a little, little longer, longer with big red. He 
wrote that. that. He wrote that as I well. I could wrote that. Oh, yeah, come you, on. That, that's see, a, that's a classic jingle. I had no idea that he was going to say yes. But do you remember when we interviewed him on the show, I said, what about writing an MJ morning show jingle? And we were thinking like a five second quick jingle. Yeah. Wait, you asked this guy, okay, you asked him to do it for free? We were live on the air, and I said, how about doing a quick little jingle for us? And I I thought he was going to say, well, those cost hundreds of thousands of dollars. I mean, that direct TV jingle, that must have cost 50 grand or something to do something like that. Probably more. You know what? We geeked out on his art so much and right. he, he was into it you right. know forget the money i mean he of course if we we're a multi-billion dollar corporation he charged top dollar and he said okay <laughs> i'll do a jingle for you and you remember he asked for some adjectives to describe the show we sent him over every piece of information i, I could dig up on I, the show i remember that we were sitting in the office and we, we just came up with descriptions for the the show because that's what he wanted in order to write the jingle lyrics and how long did it take for him to deliver the product was it 30 days and he sends us this amazing jingle, and I still love this thing to this very day. Time to get up, get out of bed. Let a radio genius climb into your head. Get a totally unpredictable start to your day. Get your daily dose of MJ. Morning show, MJ, let's go. From 6 to 10, with this crazy gang. The force of insanity, a man you can hang with. He's a little demented, but baby, in a beautiful way. Get your morning dose of MJ, MJ. Time to wake up and play with MJ, MJ. Start your heart with MJ. He takes a crazy world and spins it round and round. Everybody is getting down with the sound. Got promotions and commotion, everything you wanna know on the MJ Morning Show. MJ, time to get the party started, getting ready, let's go to the MJ Morning Show. Go! I still love this thing. <laughs> it sounded like Froggy the last 10 seconds with somebody in the background. <laughs> Fester. It sounded like you. Did you see Fester? He knows every know word. Every word to I love that thing still. I mean, you know, you go back and listen to some stuff that you thought was great and it's like, oh man, that sucked. I mean, I still like that. I, I know every word to this song and I know every word to the Eminem J song. Oh, that MJ yeah. did the rap oh, song. Yeah. Oh, we got to dig that up. We got to find that somewhere. Oh yeah, when when Eminem was big, we did the Eminem J. Take out the trash, yeah. biatch. Take out the trash, trash biatch. That. Uh, so I look up Peter Cofield like three or four years ago. Right? I wonder what Cofield's doing. Let me drop my line, and he died. Oh jeez. Oh, oh, All right. Well, he, now I'm depressed. I'm sorry. I mean, he was like sixty six years old or something. That's young, man. And it was, and the guy was such an amazing talent. And I found his obituary online. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. He died in in 2010. How do we not know this? I don't know. He did that. You were on the air then. He exactly. He did that for us in like 2006. Oh. And then he died in 2010. Anyway, Peter Cofield. Rest in peace, man. Your work was just amazing, and I thank you so much. Hey, speaking about death or near death, a lot of folks constantly ask about some of our parking lot stunts. Right. Of course, in episode one, we talked about the turkey fryer fire, and you know a lot of the behind-the-scenes things that people... I, I got response and feedback from folks that are like, 
You had to pay ten thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, that's some good behind the scenes stuff uh, and all that. Stuff. And you know what? Yeah. I, I said I thought it was a firefighter's charity. I think it might have gone to Shriners because of the burn unit at Shriners. Right. I think. And listen, Shriners is great. We did tons of work with Sh- uh, Shriners over the years. But I, I think that yeah, the ten grand that I had to write a check to that actually went to Shriners Hospital for their burn unit. We did dozens and dozens and dozens of these parking lot stunts. Aside from the Turkey Fryer Fire, which again you can hear the full recap in episode one of the MJ Morning Show Reunion podcast, there are a couple of stunts that actually got a little squirrely, a little hairy, and there was one stunt in particular. I'm sure that we could probably come up with discussions on dozens of these stunts if we continue this podcast series, but there was one that really scared the crap out of you, and you did not nearly die in the turkey fryer fire, but there was actually a stunt that... You know, in retrospect, this was freaking dangerous. We should not have done this. We should have uh, researched this a little more. <laughs> I can still see your face. I, first of all, we really should have done our research. Before, before, oh my God, I can remember this. It was like the life was being sucked out of I, I was, I was panicking. I was, I was like, let's get him the hell out of there. Oh my God, what are we doing here? Right, so, for the audio. It's. It's the cement stunt. What was the genesis of that? It was a, a, lot of it, was our, a it was a news story, right? right? A lot of the parking lot stunts right. were based in something that happened in the world. Right. Like fireworks oven. Fireworks oven. People uh, putting fireworks in the oven to get it away from the kids, and driving, then they forget. They preheat the oven, and then the fireworks explode in the apartment. Driving the car through the laundry mat. Right. That actually the golf happened. cart crash. Oh, the golf cart yeah. crash. Yeah. The, exactly. The fruit stand. It was like, uh, you know. Chips. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that? So, so we, a lot of stunts. We set up a fruit stand. We had like three or four dollars worth of produce. Then you go to some wholesaler, some produce. I went whole- down to the Chinese uh, uh, produce wholesale market, and I buy a load of my truck or something. I loaded up my truck. Oh, that was our job. And, and we built a we built a fruit stand in the parking lot. And then we were we were imitating like an out of control elderly driver smashing a like a Crown Vic through a fruit stand. In the- Fester's job was always to get I, these things together. You were so good at that. Oh my too, god, we man. could talk about the damn stunts for like thirty-five episodes. So in the news, right. somebody had a convertible, or maybe it was a revenge story, but they filled a convertible up with concrete. Right, <laughs> and and I think the, I don't know if the guy was in it or not, but the stunt was. Hey, let's get a convertible and fill it up with concrete. I think it was some type of jilted lover. Yeah. And they had a concrete truck pour like tons of concrete into the vehicle. Isn't that like a scene on Back to the Future or something? I think that's manure. Manure. Okay, manure. Okay. You know, I think I saw a Mercedes commercial or or some kind of. No, it wasn't. It was a Mercedes that it was done to. Is it the the farmers commercial? Oh, was it farmers? I think so. We are farmers. Bump, 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 bump. There's some commercial recently where there's cement that fills up a convertible. So we we did it it first. Twenty years ago. (laughs) So we did it in a parking lot, and I got like a. A, a Dodge Sebring <laughs> or whatever those convertible Dodges were. It was that have... awful car that Mark Larson used to drive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. What was that? <laughs> what was that car? It's going to drive me nuts. So, so I used to have a friend. I still have a friend. He's still a friend. A LeBaron convertible. A Le- That's what it was. It was a LeBaron convertible. Mark Larson. <laughs> With like the contact paper fake wood on the side. So good. <laughs> so. I had a friend who had a car dealership, a used secondhand car dealership, and he would get a lot of pieces he couldn't sell, just crap pieces. So I would take those <laughs> off his hands for him. He had a convertible. 
We bring it to the, we couldn't even drive it. We had to tow it to the radio station. Right. And we had <laughs> a cement truck lower their cement boom right into the the, the, the car where you right. sit. It, it started in the back seat. I remember it been, being in the back seat. And why were, but why were you in it? How did that, how, why do you offer yourself up? Why not? Back? I mean, think about it. I think can't about remember what transpired that we thought it would be a good idea for Fester to be in the driver's <laughs> seat and then have a cement truck back up with that little, that, that chute, you know, that little half pipe to dump, you know, just tons of concrete in the vehicle while Fester is in there. In retrospect, oh. there's nothing funny about just filling up a car with well, concrete. I can't well, believe we, we didn't think it was going to be like that. Well, no. no. What it felt like. Well, I mean, you did it. Well, the fact that you know, management let us do, I mean, the stuff that they let us do over the years, I mean, it's really amazing. No morning shows are doing this crap anymore, maybe because we almost killed uh, Fester. Seriously, but, I think you, you, I can still picture your face when it started getting, you're like, guys, because it like, it caved in on you. And so, then the the, but the the car goes the, like, <laughs> it like lowers. I'm like, what's happening? Well, and then MJ freaks out. There was so much weight from the concrete that it was it was it was compressing the shocks <laughs> and the springs. The car it lowered by like six inches. The weight was unbelievable. So imagine Fester sitting in the convertible. He's in the driver's seat, and we're filling the whole damn thing from the floorboards up. You know, to his neck, over his knees, <laughs> to his lap, and the concrete is now uh, over his stomach, and it's coming up. But the weight of that this, was, yeah. it was a, this was a moronic thing. It was, this is one of the dumbest <laughs> things that dumb. we, we have ever, ever. D- Did we have, like, American medical standing by on this one? I don't know. I, I, we no, didn't even think that was, far was ahead. It, was, was it AMR that used to uh, hang out for our stunts? The, the, um, the Amera something. Amera whatever. I forget. Yeah. I America, remember them trying America. to get you out, and wasn't it sucking you back in? It was like quicksand. <laughs> what happened it was, was, once I realized I was in trouble, and we're on the air, we're making jokes. How does it feel? Oh, it feels cold or whatever. It feels great. <laughs> then I realized I couldn't Sound move. like you're constipated. <laughs> Sounds like you're trying to squeeze one out. I of imagine there. that's what it feels. I couldn't move my feet. I couldn't pull my feet out. Then it's on my legs, it's on my lap. A thousand pounds yeah. of concrete on well, my lap. The the weight per square foot or square inch, however that's calculated, it's enormous. Then it gets up to my chest level, and I don't have enough power to inhale and exhale. I was suffocating in with my, with my head exposed. And MJ looks at me and he's like, "How you doing, buddy?" Well, listen, <laughs> this is kind of tantamount to you know people that will dig giant holes at the beach and then they'll collapse on yeah. them or workers that get stuck in a trench that they're digging and the Fester got stuck kayaking in mud didn't you it was sort of like that yes. remember you were trying to get out he was stuck in the middle of a river well then you get that you're right yeah, you get yeah. that that's sucking it kind of you know it sucks you in like a giant vacuum so i had rubber boots on rubber work rubber like oh yeah those were great well, well that really those are filled yeah. the boots the boots. boots never came out my, like, my it's still in there my, my feet got pulled out of the boots <laughs> How did that car get moved? The car weighed like 49,000 pounds when it was- Wait, how did you get out of it? Okay. I remember that was I, a struggle. I, Fester, a struggle. you couldn't breathe. Fester, you thought you were going to die. I felt myself tell dying. Us, tell us what it felt like. Describe it. <laughs> I, I felt, <laughs> you felt yourself dying. I felt myself dying. Yeah, okay. Come to the light. <laughs> You lose the circular. I'm not. I didn't pass out or anything because that. Did you been, see the big J at the end of the tunnel? Or? I was getting there. Yeah. He was Call like, "Oh my wife, this way. This Somebody up there loves you, <laughs> yeah. Jesus." Yeah. <laughs> so I felt like I was. I felt lightheaded. 
Uh, my vision started going. Dude, oh my God. I couldn't put words together. I'm just like, how does it feel? <laughs> I think I'm dying. <laughs> hey, everybody, he thinks he's not. Oh, crap. He really thinks it he's It was dying. over his chest. Wasn't it like crushing so the first It was, and then I start to panic because I could see that something is wrong here. <laughs> oh, my God. This, this is about to go bad. We're about to have somebody die on the air. And this was years before. Remember the how much we can you hold for a we? Remember that? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So but, listen, that would have been you know would have been some good press ratings. I mean, might if have been you died. I mean, my family would have been rich, right? <laughs> how the hell did we get you out of that thing? So you you oh, saved them. You immediately. That's, oh, that's right. I opened the door. You tried to open. Oh, the that's door. right. Yes. So much pressure. The door mechanism is pointless. Yeah, the door okay. is sealed shut because the, the concrete weighs a jillion pounds per square foot and. It was putting so much pressure on the the mechanism, we couldn't even get the door open. That's unbelievable. I, I mean, honestly don't even remember how I got out of there. I, I, th- I thought remember. he saved you from opening the door. I'm 400 pounds. How Somebody did, lifted me over his head. How do we get you out of there? I, I, I remember, I could still see in my head people pulling on Fester, like five yeah, guys that's right. trying yeah. to we pull had, him we had, out. We had like a half a dozen guys <laughs> pulling him out of the car. What a sight. <laughs> and I was dead weight. I mean, not dead, dead oh yet. Oh, my but. God. And the concrete was just fighting back, like sucking him back. <gasps> I'm not going to let you go. You're in yeah. my grip. And oh. I thought I would have, I was going to die on that morning. But I didn't. I was scared. Yeah. I, I was real. Yeah. I was nervous as hell. We did a lot of parking lot stunts, but I literally was scared schnitless on that. Uh, I I was really would have been sad to lose you, buddy. If you really wanted to be scared, should have got your ass inside the car. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you saved him. Well, I didn't realize what was happening until the show ended. Right years later, the show ends, and I'm watching that show on one of the odd uh, cable networks. A thousand and one ways to die. The radio guy in the coffin. No, the, the, I watched. They had an episode on how quicksand kills you. Oh, oh and man. quicksand doesn't in develop. You know, swallow you. Quicksand just prevents you from being able to inhale and exhale. Right. And I'm like, that's cement car. That's how I cement car. You almost imagine Jesus. if that's how you went. Oh, could you imagine? It's really the legend. only appropriate <laughs> way for me to go. I mean, I'm 400 pounds. I'm probably going to die of a heart attack. Nobody cares about that. <laughs> oh, don't that. say that. Stop. I mean, honestly. Hey, Ed, speaking of the parking lot, how about the fight that you got in with management when you did not clean up the sand pile and then your tardiness, your delay ended up saving the day uh, at, uh, was it Clear Channel back then? Or was it iHeart already? Yeah, I mean, the sand was uh, the Survival Sur- Island. Survi- Survivor right. Island. Yeah. Remember, the sand, you're so lazy. But remember, you saved uh, everybody's car. It was a, This was also amazing. <laughs> Fester's don't get off his ass and do what he was supposed to do ended up saving the day. Now, that was another huge event that we did. We did Survivor Island, and then we did Survivor Island 2. This was one Survivor... Yeah, was huge on CBS. You have to remember the time. It was like 2002 and reality TV was new. Yep. You know, now it's who cares? Survivor Oh, it was the biggest deal. It was huge. We had that whole island right. built in our parking we lot. We had Mr. Kim. Yes. Mr. Kim's landscape and nursery from uh, what? Out on 41 in Ruskin. And he is like a tropical expert. I mean, palm tree. I mean, the guy's just amazing. He's just an artist. And I can't remember how we got hooked up with Mr. Kim. And I went on to have a great relationship with Mr. Kim. But he built, he brought in trucks and trucks of sand, beach sand. Yeah. Dumped it in our parking lot. 
and we made a survivor island. We made a whole tropical island in the parking lot, and he brought in palm trees. He had cranes dropping the trees in, and he built this massive, like, Gilligan's Island-looking set. It was crazy. In the parking lot. It was the most amazing tropical scene and landscape. We were giving away cars, right? Yeah, they had to keep their hand yeah. on a on a on a car. Was Survivor one a car or was Survivor one for an us? outback? I, I think Survivor two was the outback. The, the, so they had to keep their hands yeah, on the outback. Subaru that was outback. from Mastro Subaru. They stepped up to the plate. Thank you. All these years later, Mastro Subaru. Where our family rides with you. Remember? <laughs> was that it? <laughs> our family rides with you. Yeah, but what they had to keep their hands on the first uh, Survivor. This podcast either. brought to you by Mastro Subaru. Oh, I wish. Uh, but uh, the first one might have been cash. Was that like ten grand or something? something? Like that, yeah. Oh, that was. They had to keep their hands on the reclinata on the palm tree. Tree. Yeah, tree. tree. We have this big reclinata with all the different uh, you know arms of this palm tree, and that was the first one. They had to keep their hands. Listen, it's the old uh, radio stunt, and uh, listen. Yeah, we, but it was we, such yeah. a. It, was, it yeah. wasn't done like no, that. That no, was no, great. It, it wasn't, but we, it was a play on the old radio stunt <laughs> where you got to kiss the car. You you know you keep kissing yeah. or keep your hands on a car. And the last one on the car wins the car. That that's an old radio bit that's been done, you know, contesting for for many many years. But we just took it to a whole new level, and we gave away ten grand to whoever was touching this awesome palm tree the longest. And then the second one, it was so successful, we did another one, and that was uh, Survivor Two, and that's when we gave away the super because it was it was uh, it was the outback. It was yeah. the outback. It was. Uh, wasn't it Survivor? They were in the Outback, yeah. yeah. And we said, hey, let's go get a Subaru Outback and give it away. It was after the second one. So it was the second Survivor Island that we did, this huge promotion. It, it was on 24-7. Yeah, so we had shifts where we had to stay there did, and watch these people all night. Thousands of people, because this was right in our parking lot, right on you know Gandhi Boulevard, uh, right near Dale Mabry in South Tampa. Thousands and thousands of people, listeners, would come by. It became a spectacle. You drive up there at eight o'clock at night. There were seven hundred people just watching in, these in, people. in the parking lot, <laughs> watching because we had the big bicycle barricade mm. fence all the way around. Right. It was uh, we, it was an event because you know they had like pizza out there and they had all then the we, fans. And... Then we we webbed. Oh my god, we, we, who, who, who was, was a, the crazy web guy, Joey or something? Who was that, Joe Russo? No, no, not him. It was a James the, Jeff Vetris. No, the blonde. Guy, he, Joey Russo. Joey Russo. Yeah. Was Vinny's it, brother. No, yeah. was it? He was awesome. Remember we flipped the... Oh, that, his car. That's another story. Remember we flipped the car? His car. Oh, you, you got to save that. Oh, my God. Right. <laughs> An right. inch Hold on, hold on a minute. <laughs> Jerry, write this down. We got we to gotta talk about the, the, the car. <laughs> the sales department being blocked by the flipped over car. Another little stunt that we did, which yeah. they, they were not happy with us with that one, were they? This was Fester doing his job oh, really. They eventually the, got their revenge on us. The, 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 the crap. That's another episode coming up as well. Uh, the, the stuff that we did. All right, back over to Survivor number two, two thousand two, two thousand three. Again, we're talking about multiple dump truck loads of sand to create this island in our parking lot. Take it away. So, Mister Kim, dear Mister Kim, drops off all this sand. But doesn't pick it up. Yeah, we, we had to get we had to get rid of it so ourselves. Yeah. We had a well. pile of it at the corner of our radio station property. Well, we it was a, there was tons of it. I mean, it was a twelve foot yeah. high mountain. <laughs> yeah, you make it sound like well, it was a little mound. I mean, imagine like you know three huge dump trucks or four dump trucks of sand. It was huge. We had what a front end loader to move it 
to the corner of the parking lot, <laughs> right near the railroad tracks, right there, at, you know, across from yeah. U-Haul yeah. on Gandhi, where the uh, Leroy Selman Crosstown, you know, dumps out on the opposite side of the road. And now they've got this huge project, you know, doing the whole flyover thing down on Gandhi in South Tampa. You were able to get someone to push all the sand into the corner, but we didn't have it hauled away. Just out of the way. Right. So you and just moved it a couple of feet. Good so job. So we leave it there like a month. Two months. <laughs> Three months. Then finally, the, the boss comes to... Who, was it MJ. Dan DiLoretto back then? Or, you it was know, Dave. Was it Dave was Reinhardt? It Dave? Or Dan DiLoretto, one of the... Comes to our studio. <laughs> hey, guys. It sure would be nice for you guys to get rid of all that sand. I mean, we're talking, what was it, like maybe, what, 20 feet long? It was an eyesore. feet high? It was a There was weeds growing out of it. grass and weeds were growing out of it, absolutely. (laughs) So they tell MJ to get it done. MJ looks at me. Get the sand out of here. We've given you enough. There's months and And months that we're sitting there. Another month. It it goes right into the, yeah, I'll get right on that file. (laughs) Sure, we'll take that. Whatever. I I got them coming tomorrow. So, So... I never call anybody. I don't make any effort. Good job, man. Then, now they know that I'm the one responsible for moving this sand. <laughs> now they're on my ass. Hey, when are you going to move it? When are you going to move it? I finally start making calls. Your attitude I, was just... I have a company coming in four days. Yeah. To remove the sand. Two days before my company is supposed to come. Remove the sand. The guy comes down the interstate. The or, event. And I oh saw that. Oh, my God. I witnessed that. A- <laughs> A guy, so I'm I'm in the front parking lot with Jamie. He's smoking a cigarette, and I'm just talking to him. We hear uh, Jamie DJ, yeah DJ Jamie. Uh, I don't know DJ name. Uh, Dirty elbows, Dirty elbows, yeah. DJ Dirty elbows. <laughs> Jamie Jamie Ferrara, Jamie Ferrara, Jamie Ferrara. Yeah. yeah. So he's smoking his cigarettes, and uh, all of a sudden we just hear a big like sort of a crash. Like so, we look over, and there's a van in midair. <laughs> Flying over the street, flying over Gandhi. So he crashes. I go, oh my God, you know, all the sand was underneath it. It was like a Dukes of Hazard. It was a conversion van. <laughs> yeah. You know, imagine like a Ford or a Chevy van that's like a conversion van where, you know, you've got the captain's chairs in there. And it was some type of what, like recreational vehicle van. Yeah. And it turns out he, he smashes. Through the air, going towards the parking lot. I'm like, oh my God, destruction. Oh my God. And then you, what happens? You witnessed the whole thing. Dude, I thought that thing was going to barrel through the parking lot. And then all of a sudden. Guess what? Boom. <laughs> the van crashes into the sand. <laughs> into the sand pile. I now, mean, caught it like it, it was a stunt that was supposed yeah. to happen. It, it was unbelievable. It was, you know, like. Uh, you know, you have at, at exits or bridge abutments, you have those big you know, yellow barrels. <laughs> For of, races, like or, uh, exactly. NASCAR races. It, it, so it caught it. The sand pile, which Fester was supposed to move, <laughs> ended up saving the day because this giant van, turns out the guy had like a diabetic shock yeah, yeah. attack or something. And, you know, he had, I remember because we all ran to the van. We're like, oh my God, are you okay? And he was like, like doing all that crazy stuff. <laughs> did, he, did he die? I don't, I don't know. He took right. him away. But the thing was, again. here's what's crazy, is that on his handle or on his steering wheel, he, he had his gas and brakes. Oh, yeah, I don't think he had legs. The, he had no legs? That's new. That's to, right. He didn't have, he didn't have legs. He did not know that. Right. He had so hand, he had, that's he had right. Hand, he had hand controls. And so those malfunctioned <laughs> when he went like, and he, 
Maybe they no, were functioning no, fine. No, he just no, didn't touch them. No, I, think, I think they were functioning fine. The guy went into a diabetic <laughs> shock. Yeah, yeah, I think well, he lost his legs because of diabetes or yeah. something. So we ran and, over there, and yeah. it was oh, it, he God. was all messed up. And it turned out, I, I don't know if he died or lived, but the, the cars were fine. All right. The sand pile stopped the van. That van, folks, would have gone through our parking lot and would have taken out a dozen employee cars. Not it, just employees. Those were sales and management. That's where all of them All those fancy cars. Expensive cars. They're fancy cars away from the front door with right, the unwashed yeah. masses. It would, have, it, it would have smashed all those vehicles. He was coming off, uh, getting ready to go on Gandhi westbound if you're heading toward the Gandhi Bridge. He's coming down that ramp. And he had diabetic shock. And what happened was he went into shock and he squeezes the gas <laughs> yeah, okay. on, on his hand control. Wow. And he came off the, they <laughs> estimated it was going 100 miles an hour. <laughs> he had the thing, he's going downhill and he's squeezing the gas is like full blown to the floor, essentially. Yeah. He's squeezing and he's out of control. He is out of it, essentially unconscious, but he's squeezing the gas. The van flies off. It hits something. It hits and the median. Well, yeah, here's what it happened. Flew. It hits the median strip, and that launched Whew. it into the air. He he essentially jumped Gandhi Boulevard. It's like Spanky like, Spangler. Like, <laughs> Spanky Spangler. Like Evil Knievel. Yeah. He's jumping like over Gandhi Boulevard. And you remember what he took out first? He I took, remember the electronic box. He, he took out the... <laughs> that thing exploded. He took out the... <laughs> Sorry, I'm snorting. Oh, it was so amazing. He took out the CSX, the big silver CSX railroad electronics yeah. box. That thing it exploded. exploded. It just obliterated that. He mm-hmm. knocked out all the... Uh, CSX had to close the whole intersection down for uh, for hours while they repaired it. And then after he took out the CSX railroad box, then he hits Fester's pile of sand that he did not move or else it would have destroyed... A ton of cars in our parking lot. It could have killed somebody. It could have killed a person. And I'd like to tell you how many people thanked me. Yeah, right. None (laughs) of them. I was never employee of the month when I deserved it that month. Hey, Fester, did they bug you to move that pile of sand? (laughs) It's still there right now. I think it is still there. I think I I had it removed a couple days later like I was going to. But Just the stuff that happened off air. If I would have called a week earlier. Good job. You could have killed it. Somebody could have been killed. That is... You're a hero, my friend. A hero. Unbelievable. <laughs> I'm a Poor hero, guy. all right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's get Dave the Dwarf on the phone. The, the Dwarf has oh. a, a pretty crazy story. I think he's on the road to recovery. Well, he looked like he was doing really well, but then up in, in the last couple of days, his Facebook posts have been like, hey, man, I'm in the hospital again. Get me the Dwarf on the phone. Let's go. Looks like the alien. Hello. Dave the Dwarf. Hey, what's up, man? It's MJ, it's Froggy, and Fester. Hey, Dave, how are you, buddy? Hey, what's up, fellas? Hey, Dave. Good to hear your voice. Hi, you too. Dave, you don't sound as vibrant as you usually sound. Dave, you've had a rough couple of years. A couple of years? He's had a rough couple of decades. Oh, come on. Come on. Yeah, man, it's been a real rough year this year. Uh, what's going on? I mean, you're sending me pictures of you in rehab. I, I came to visit you in the hospital. What's going on? I know that you're amazed you're still alive because even when you were on our show for all of those years, you always said that individuals with your type of dwarfism, they never live past what? What age? 45. And how old are you now, Dave? 
55. Oh, look at that. Record, you know. <laughs> Overtime. Beating the stats, buddy. It's what it's all I'm, about. I'm, start, I'm starting to think the ones that were 45 didn't just really die. That's what causes me. Some of this stuff might have happened to them, and they just jumped. <laughs> <laughs> Does it feel like your body died 10 years ago, Dave? I mean. Man, at least, yeah. <laughs> all right, so what's been going on? Tell us in a nutshell well, well, what's happening. Well, first of all, let's, let's, let's get straight. I, you said rehab. It's physical therapy rehab, not rehab rehab. Yeah, right. you don't need that, man. Uh, yeah, you don't have a blow yeah. problem. Yeah. Oh, I had a I got pneumonia, double pneumonia, in both lungs, and I got congestive heart failure, and then and out of the hospital. Then last time I was in there for like five months. Then I had to go to a nursing home for a month, which was interesting. One thing I learned in the nursing home is if I really had to, I could survive prison, man. That's why I was horrible. We gotta put Dave in a van coming off of the Leroy Selman crossed out expressway. <laughs> Sounds I mean, like it'd be a blessing. <laughs> coming right off the ramp into the into the radio station parking lot. Uh so Dave, what's the prognosis? Uh you know, you keep sending me videos of you in physical therapy rehab, and you're starting to walk again, but you were immobile and you were in a wheelchair. I mean, for how long were you immobilized where you couldn't walk? Oh man, it's six, seven months. When I first came home from the hospital, I couldn't even roll over on the couch by myself. Um, I still, I got a real, I got an electric wheelchair now, but and I, I was in rehab when I, they had me hanging from the air on a harness, trying to walk that way for a while, and slowly but surely they put a little bit of weight, a little bit of weight, and now I'm off the harness and up and walking with the walker. There you go. I'm trying to kick the walker, man. Now, are you still doing the Wednesday oh, yeah. night contest at Showgirls in Lakeland, or is that kind of off the table? Nah, man, I'm there. I'm sitting. I do it from there. I don't get on the stage yet. You go? Well, I wait, I right would, Dave, the I, I was joking around. Wait a minute. You, you still do that You're gig still gig? doing the Showgirls gig at the strip club in Lakeland? Yep. But you yep. don't get on the stage? Every Wednesday night. From a motorized wheelchair? They should build you a ramp yeah, to the well, stage. No, from a regular wheelchair, I can't take the motorized wheelchair there. It's oh, okay. have a van and everything. But just a regular wheelchair, I sit right there at my VIP table, and they just give me the mic and the cards. What a pimp. Do they still have that little placard that says reserved for Dave the Dwarf? Hell yeah. That sits on that table? I'll tell you what, I got to give the owners of Showgirls in Lakeland, I got to give them credit for still employing Dave the what? Dwarf. What? How about Dave the Dwarf for still doing that gig, man? Good for you, Dave. You're. Okay. I was joking around. You're still doing Showgirls from a, from a wheelchair. That's incredible. Pimping ain't easy, man. <laughs> you still get lap dancers from the wheelchair? 21, 21. I just had my 21st anniversary. I've been there 21 oh years. My, oh, my What God. the hell? Where did the time? Well, listen. You've been doing that gig 21 years. 21 years. Son of a bitch. Some of the girls that are dancing there, some of the girls dancing there weren't even born when I started. Some of the girls that were dancing there, they now have their daughters dancing <laughs> there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Hey, there is a mother and daughter team that work there. Oh, oh, my God. I'm sure that's hot. Let's go, Fess. <laughs> Let's go. Dude, Dude, good for you. You remember to... his car was stolen from the parking lot. At, what was that? A, a Cadillac? A, a sedan DeVille? Or what was that? Cadillac. Um, a Seville. A Seville. 70, 79 Cadillac Seville. He had a 79 Cadillac Seville, and that was never recovered, right? Nope. Dave, is that the car that I came into work one morning and saw you handcuffed to with a stripper? <laughs> no, what? that was that was her car. 
Oh, okay. Whoa, whoa! I, I never heard. The professor knows that story. I don't why, know that. Why one. didn't you tell the story on the air? I, I, I thought we might have. I, whoa, I was whoa. coming. Tell, I, I tell me. I know he was there one one of his days. It was when back in the day when he came in like a lot, a lot, and I, I pulled into work. It was like four thirty in the morning. And I see a little hand in a handcuff, <laughs> just sort of handcuffed to a a steering wheel. And I'm like, what is that little hand handcuffed? I don't understand. It's a three-year-old child. Yeah. <laughs> I, seriously, I was like, somebody, what is that little hand? I, I look over, and he is having a great time with a stripper, and he's handcuffed to the steering wheel <laughs> of the car. Good for him. Not to know why. I don't know why you were handcuffed, <laughs> but I gained much respect for the little in guy. In the radio day. station parking lot yes. at 4.30 in the morning? Dave, come on now. You know it's true. We were coming all the way from Newport Ritchie, and we, we um, didn't time the traffic right and got there way early. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, he was early. Yeah, Fester just brought up the Showgirls ad. Read it. Yeah, is it still $300 uh, in cash prizes? Oh, yeah. Okay. 151st, 102nd, and 53rd. And what is the contest? Yeah, show, oh, hold on, MG. Right. I'm glad you asked. Go ahead. Showgirls, join us for a Wednesday night amateur contest yeah. featuring Dave the Dwarf. Look at that. Look at that headshot. And then in the small print, it says, arrive early to pre-register. I can't read it. I don't, it's too small. That's amazing, though. You're still doing the gig. I was kind of goofing, and you're still doing the gig. That's incredible. Good for you, Dave. Dave, really good for you. All right, so, so, Dave, what's the prognosis here? Are you going to be out of the wheelchair? Are you out of the wheelchair now? No. No, I'm, I, I'm sitting in it talking to you right now and sitting in the electric wheelchair. It's really cool, man. A wheelchair, twenty five thousand dollar wheelchair. What? Man. Oh, you're, you're, does it hover? You're in a $25,000 <laughs> wheelchair? Yeah, they uh, they actually came to my house, measured my body, and built a custom for me, man. Who paid for this thing? That's your tax dollars at work. Insurance. Oh, so insurance? like, like Medi- Medicaid or something? Yeah. Wow. That a boy, Dave. Oh, $25,000 wheelchair. I mean, that's a... Let's wreck that thing. That's a nice Hyundai right there. And man, it's, it, 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 it even, it's got headlights, taillights, and a horn. Is it street it's, legal? It's cool. <laughs> You're driving? Yeah. I guess if I got a plate on it, I guess, yeah. All right, so Dave, what is the prognosis? How long before you can get out of the wheelchair and you can start moving around again? You can start walking again, do you know? I don't know, man. It was, it was last year, it was... My mom was saying, okay, well, I'll come for Christmas. I know you'll be walking. And as I'll get New Year's, I know you'll be walking. See you on your birthday. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I've come a really long way. I got a little ways to go, man. I, I really can't stay, but it feels really good, man. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling a lot, a lot better. You'll get there, buddy. I don't know. It's incredible. All right, Dave, yeah. I'm, I'm going to come see you uh, again. You know me, man. I ain't giving up. No, no, obviously not. You've been doing the same gig for 21 years. You aren't a quitter. I mean, look at the resilience of this guy. I mean, it's unbelievable. First of all, you know, the challenges of... Uh, now, Dave, what dwarfism do you have? Because for years... Apple, man. For, no, for, for years, I think Dave thought he had... A certain type of dwarfism, plastic or something what, like that. What kind of dwarf yeah, are? Condoplasia, but what yeah, are you? I, I, every everybody yells at me because I don't know. But you know, I'm not, I don't know exactly what it's called. But it's uh, I don't. All I know is when I went to the thing and and uh, when I was in like fourth grade, they were trying to give me these shots to grow, and they did all these tests on me and stuff, and they told me one out of every million children. They were born uh, dwarfs, and they want to have a million of those dwarfs in the type I am. But they said they could give me the shots, 
an experiment, but it might make me grow, or it might make just my arms grow, or it might make oh, just be my awesome. legs grow. <laughs> you so, just walking around with arms, long arms? arms, like a gorilla, we just like, dragging knuckles. You were like well, a. I always, I always, I always say I went ahead and took the shot, so I can't tell you what proof, but I'm, I'm all good, man. Dude, that would have been uh, awesome. Wow. I mean, listen, I I have so much respect for David Dwarf. For just you know the the life that he's had, and you know some of the tough experiences and the recent medical issues. You'll but get I, through it, man. But I tell you what, Dave always got the ladies, baby. Tell you that. Yeah, pick them <laughs> up. Well, how many? How many? Seven thousand, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. I uh, just just I consider myself Will Chamberlain's mini me. Ooh, he's yeah, the man. midget Wilt Chamberlain. Listen, he's, he's lived here. Uh, hey, uh, Dave, great talking to you. Uh, we keep in touch. Dave and I text back and forth and talk. And uh, I'll come see you soon, Dave, all right? All right, man. See you, Dave. Dave, great talking to you, buddy. You too, Larry. You know what I'll never forget about Dave? Is picking him up to put him on the chair and him always having wet armpits. Armpits, the worst. Always. And see, I love it. I miss it. I miss Feeling his wet armpits. And then you sniff your fingers like the girl from Saturday Night Live. What was it? Mary, uh, Mary, Mary Catherine. Catherine. Yeah, Catherine. You guys make your jokes, but you, you MJ, you never uh, had to lift an 80-pound midget from the ground into right. a truck or into so a car. so dense. Because you can't just pick oh, him up like, like a weight. solid cowbell, man. you got to make your yeah. arms, your forearms like a forklift. And you have to pick him up by the armpits to get him up there. And then you put him in the chair and you have armpit juice. <laughs> Everything. I'm your forearms. Hey, speaking and- of speaking of forklifts, <laughs> speaking of forklifts, before Fester joined the MJ Morning Show, how many disasters did you have at Costco in, in St. Petersburg? I worked at Sam's Club. I'm sorry, it was not Costco. It was Sam's Club. That was my job previous to my <laughs> broadcasting career. <laughs> And both ended he, triumphantly. He was a disaster at Sam's Club. <laughs> Did you what was that on? Put in a... That was on 19, right? But you yeah. had two incidents. You had, you had the forklift incident, but then you had the tire incident right. as well. Fester, who the hell would let him touch customers' cars in the tire and automotive section at Sam's Club? Especially back then. I, I, I story, very poor managerial decisions. I, story back. number one, we weren't even planning this. I mean, right. we, we, we jot down some rough notes, but I just thought of this. When I worked at Sam's Club, they trained me on the forklift. Forklift. Brilliant. Brilliant. Put the big guy on the forklift. You know, they close off the aisle. They put that little scissor fence across, and it's like, please excuse us while we uh, operate in this area for a few minutes. I drive drive them all the time at work. Do you really? Yeah. You have to move stuff around. It's fun. All right. So if you ever want to see a Walmart or a Sam's Club manager freak out, (laughs) you tell them that somebody... From corporate is coming, right? All right. That's, hey, corporate. Woo! If they would have, so I have the fork that they want me to clean everything up. <laughs> and they said, move this Coca-Cola. It's eight foot high pallet of Coca-Cola. Yeah. Pallet of Coke stacked up on the I, wooden pallet, I, right? I lift it up. It fell off of my forklift. <laughs> A mountain of fallen Coke cans. Six feet tall. Fell from 12 feet high. God, they're you're so floating. bad. So we just put new pallets in front of it, and corporate guys never saw it. <laughs> right. Then the next week. Oh, yeah. So there was, <laughs> is this the next tire? week. Is this the, when you hit the sprinkler pipes? On a holiday. <laughs> on Dr. Martin Luther King Day. It's a holiday. Fester's got the forklift all the way extended, right? All the way high. You're on the top rack or something. And I... Hit the water main. That's the sprinkler system. That's pressurized. 
all What's the matter with you? So now it's <laughs> flooding Sam's Club with water all over the place. Look, if you're late to a job a couple of times, three, four times, you know, you know, you you worry about that because they're not going to fire you for that. I had no pressure at all. I knew I was about to get fired. They call me into the office and they say, you know what? We're going to move you to the tire department. <laughs> so they, and I'm like, really? He's got two. He's got two forklift disasters. And they said, you know what? We're going to move you over to the tire department. We're going to get you off the floor. That was the biggest mistake they made. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I start selling tires. And I didn't tighten the ladies' lug nuts yeah. properly. So, but wait, they were moving you from selling tires, and then you ended up actually doing yeah, tire what, installation? Why are you installing well, Hold on were now. You, were you trained for this? Or was, There's, at the time, there, even now, you walk into a Sam's Club, there's no salesman in a suit telling you tires just to have the guys in the back install it. Everybody installed and sold tires. So a lady comes in. How the hell did you know how to install tires? Did they? Yeah, let me zip them on for you, man. Did they teach you or? I think I watched the guy for like 10 minutes. I don't know. (laughs) Don't you need a certificate? Lady comes in for a balance and rotate. (laughs) Let me just use this time to tell you how important it is to rotate was the worst tires. De- I don't care. That was the worst decision of her life. <laughs> she comes off. I switch tires on one side. I switch the tires on the other side, and I don't torque, tighten with a torque wrench the lug nuts. She leaves. She makes a U-turn. All the weight goes on that tire. <laughs> the tire shoots right off. She She's going down US-19? Uh, yeah, maybe Park Boulevard, I think, is where it was. In, uh, Jesus. Pinellas so, Park, so, Florida? Wait a minute. So she gets... How far away from the Sam's Club? A fourth of a mile. Quarter of a mile. <laughs> a right, quarter mile away. And she makes a turn. A U-turn. Makes a U-turn. Like All a the inertia stooges. and yeah. weight transfers to that front passenger tire. With no lug nut tightening. <laughs> and the thing just shoots off the car. She's <laughs> her axle scraping on US nut. <laughs> but that idiocy is what got you, made you so successful on the so morning show. Working. <laughs> So in this, this is the world. kind of buffoon I want on a morning show, man. I think that's what got you the gig, was these horrible events. So, where I, I knew all the tow truck drivers, because, you know, you work in a tire department. Guy comes in and goes, hey, hey, fat boy, you just work on some lady's car. And I was like, yeah, she's down there cursing your name. Tire flew off. And I just left work. You just left. I just left. I was like, oh, I'm just punching out. I'm leaving. Did you ever come back? I went back the, two days later. And they fired you? And they, they fired me. Good. So I come in to the radio. I was an intern at the radio station at the time. Oh, so you were an intern already? Yeah, I was an ah, intern at the radio okay. station, and I was doing Casey Kasem Top 40 Countdown. Hi, everybody. Set. I'm Casey Kasem, and now back to the biggest songs in the USA. You were running them on CD back then, huh? <laughs> no, it was- uh, They came what, on CD. Was it, yeah, it was CD, yeah. yeah. We yeah. had carts for commercials. <laughs> Casey's Coast to Coast. So I had lost my job. And now we're up to the long distance right. dedication. Casey, rest in peace. <laughs> I, I go into it and I see Joe Mama Johnson, who is a promotions director. What's up, duty? And I said to him, I go, you know, uh, Joe Mama, I just lost my job, so I don't know if I could play here at the radio station for free while I don't have a job. And he says to me, all right, duty, bye. Nice to with you. <laughs> see, see, see you call, Joe Mama Johnson's well, the greatest. Well, he's the best. Does, does, he still does the Quiet Storm, right? Uh, yeah, uh, I, I don't yeah, know. Does, it, I, yeah. is does he? Some, I don't but, think he's at that station anymore. But Joe think. Mama, he called everyone duty. Everyone's the best. What's up, duty? So he's like, okay, last I mean, Saturday's your last Saturday. It looks <laughs> like you got to put your toes in the jello. <laughs> I can take a horse to water, but I can't ride him. <laughs> oh, he was the greatest. So I'm doing my uh, last episode of Casey Kasem, and the next 
air talent was Jeff Capucci. Was it up to the long distance dedication? Yes. Hi, everybody. I'm Casey Kasem, and now we're up to the long distance dedication. It's about a dog dying. A dog. (laughs) Everybody going to a slow record? (laughs) So, Jeff Capucci was the air talent for the mid. And I said to him, Taco Boy. Well, pleasure knowing you. I got to go find a job. Because, like, hey, we have a minimum wage job here. And I applied for it. That was my first job in the radio station. Wow. Got me working with the morning show. Probably told that story and MJ fell in love. Yes. Big fat guy, bald. What? Almost killing people at Sam's Club. (laughs) Brilliant. Forklift disasters. Yeah. Tires flying off. What the hell else could I want? Jason, I don't care if you don't like me. Let's get Fester in here. (laughs) You're out. You, you're in. You, you're a star. (laughs) Okay. I want you to change your name to Fester. Come in tomorrow with your head shaved. Okay. I, I did. I, I, I saw him, and I'm like, you know what? He looks like Uncle Fester, but he needs to be bold. And I said, shave your head. You're going to be Uncle Fester on the morning show. And you did look like him. And he did. There's the new Adams Family cartoon that came out recently. Uh-huh. My daughter said, hey, that's your name. I was like, shut up, kid. <laughs> Don't remind me. Shut up, kid. You know, we were supposed to call Michelle in this episode. My lovely wife, Michelle, I think will push Michelle back to Aww. episode three. I would like to hear from Michelle. It's been a you while. Know, a lot of folks have been reaching out. You know, the MJMorningShow.com website. Uh, so I'm promoting on my Twitter feed. My Twitter is at Todd Schnitt. So at T-O-D-D-S-C-H-N-I-T-T. Follow me at Todd Schnitt on Twitter. On Instagram, I'm at Certified Todd Schnitt. And MJMorningShow.com is active. I've got the email address. You know, I did actually, remember I said in episode number one, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to activate MJ at MJMorningShow.com. Yeah. So you can send me email. Folks, if there's anything you want to hear, if there's any unresolved story, any questions you have, send us questions at MJ at MJMorningShow.com. But I, I've got to get Michelle on because folks are saying, hey, you can have Michelle on. And yes, we will have Michelle on. I told her I might even call her today for this episode, but I don't think it's going to happen. What do you say... We end the program today. Let's end this episode with a little crotchety old man action. Greg Lindbergh, great guy. I mean, this guy. He did so much for the show he for did. free. He, did. he just he was a really good dude. Guy's incredible. And I speak to him occasionally. We'll text back and forth. We'll talk. He was a super fan of the show. Can yeah. you? Uh, yeah, I was never that crazy about him. I don't know what oh, he was. <laughs> Come on. No, oh, he's, he's such a nice guy. He's a great guy. He's a great guy. Yeah. He was, hands down, our number one Fan. Fan. Yeah. Hands down. And he created MJFanPage.com. Right. And maintained it for years. You know, it's still out. It's still active. It's still, uh, you know, I don't know. I think he moved it to his stuff. I think I, it, it went, it got moved, but it's still accessible. You can, you can still get to. And there's so much material that he collected and that he's collated. He, the guy was a super fan. He remembered stuff that I forgot about years ago and he has a mind like a trap and you know we've been in contact with him he's all excited obviously that we're you know launching the mj morning show podcast series and well where this goes you know folks are talking to me there are you know right i'm, I'm ready to quit yeah, there, there are there are there, <laughs> are, there are possibilities down the road yeah we'll, we'll really see. do you we'll, know who's talking to me nobody <laughs> we'll we'll see what transpires but Lindbergh, I said, hey, anything you want to know, anything you want us to address on the podcast? And he said, crotchety old man. Well, first of all, there's just a ton of crotchety old man stories we can tell. You know, how I came up with the concepts, 
the recordings in a world these days where morning shows, they fake all of these calls. Those things were real. In a world where morning shows fake phone calls. Well, Fester, you were in on uh, one of the famous ones is the porta potty. The That's port- where I Milton Fludge Cow. Oh, thank God you've answered. Where Milton Fludge Cow gets stuck in a porta potty off of the interstate. And you actually helped me record that. Would you and, hold the garbage can over No, it was a cooler. It was a cooler. Uh, it was a cooler. <laughs> yeah. It was a Gatorade cooler. It was. Yeah. And you got to explain how, how you did. That's, you should explain the sound effects because I never knew that was a cooler. I always just pictured a garbage can over your head as the. Because I had to get that sound of yeah. you know, inside like a, a plastic hollow enclosure. Plastic yeah. And was it, it was a big cooler. That we found back in the promotions <laughs> department. You stuck your head in that thing and did the call? Well, Jeez. he held it over my head, and I've got the microphone in front of me to get that, that sound. I think there's a picture of us doing that call. On, on one, one of the, the CDs. Yeah. yeah. There is. You know, God, we, we, there are so many issues. You know, people, you know, how many CDs did you sell? You know, how much money did you make? <sighs> I made Good a, luck getting the accounting on that one. Uh, I made a fortune. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I made a, I'm telling you right now, I made a. Every time you wanted a new pool or something. <laughs> I, let's re-release the CDs. How many, how many CDs? I think it were, were six, eight, six, eight. No, there were seven or eight. I, I lost track, but uh, I have them all so I can count uh, at some point. I mean, we sold just, you would not believe the total of CDs. And we sold those things for like thirteen ninety nine, fourteen ninety nine. They cost me like seventy eight cents to make. So I mean, <laughs> good, little, I mean good little business going there. I mean, it was, no it, wonder why you're doing all those it, signings. Jesus, it was amazing. You know, we'd go to like Blockbuster and Brandon, and we'd sell five hundred fifty CDs. Or we'd go to Bradenton. It was it was Straight incredible. Cashola, I mean, baby. I mean, it was. It was. Can incredible. I ask you a question though? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And be, be honest yeah. with me about this because yes. I don't know the answer honestly. Yep. This is when BJ was around. Yes. Okay. Now I know, knowing you for so long, I know that you put a lot of work into those calls. Yes. And you did them all. I did them all. And you probably did all the business dealings behind with all the CDs. I did. Yep. I, everything. I, probably. I, I did all the lifting on that. Yes. So let me ask you this question. It was fifty fifty. I, I gave him fifty percent. What? Yes, I did. You got hosed. I, I am a very. You gave him half of that. What did he do? I mean, I love BJ, but what did you do for that? <laughs> we wanted fifty dollars a signing, and he bitched us out. Oh, no, I gave him a castle worth of money. Son of a I mean, you're handing the guy cashola, baby. I mean, come on. I, I wrote him checks out of the crotchety <laughs> company. Yeah, I did. The crotchety <laughs> <laughs> BJ Records, right? Crotchety LLC. <laughs> what a good listen. BJ is brilliant, brilliant. Man. Oh no, BJ. Listen, he's one of the best uh, radio programming minds in the business. Oh yeah, I'm not talking you about know. that. I'm talking yeah. about how he hosed you on the CDs. <laughs> he he didn't what, hose I'm, me. I, I offered up fifty percent. You probably worked so hard on those dumb CDs. But, but here's the deal. I kept all of my fifty percent, <laughs> and I think I heard that BJ might have had to kick back like half of his. To the radio station, so we got a quarter for doing I, nothing. I, I don't, I don't know. Uh, oh, really? Listen, we, we can have BJ back on and clarify that, that, that situation. I want to know. Yeah. That's that's interesting. So Greg wanted to know about the crotchety calls, and I thought maybe we'd end with a classic crotchety call here in episode number two, and it's the porta potty call. And Fester, uh, these calls are real, and sometimes I'd have to call six, seven, eight, ten places with these crazy, preposterous concepts. For them to bite. It was out west. Yeah. Because you fell off a cliff. <laughs> we had to find a place yeah. where they had geographic cliffs. I remember that.
And this porta potty company was somewhere. Where do you think it was? Out west somewhere? Maybe Colorado or someplace. Someplace yeah. where there's a lot of cliffs. Yeah, because Oregon. Didn't my porta potty roll down a, the side of yeah. a cliff off of the interstate? You couldn't pull that off in, and, you know, Florida. You guys but, really thought this out, too. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Those calls were real. And Fester can attribute. Uh, we found this lady with the porta potty call, and it was. It was perfect. I mean, it was just amazing. The sound effects and Fester's holding the, the cooler over my head to get that plastic enclosure sound. That's what's going to be cool listening to it is now imagining Fester holding the cooler over your Afro head. And, <laughs> <laughs> just... <laughs> and if you remember, if you remember, whenever you guys traveled back in those days, right. what would I tell you guys? Bring back a phone book. Bring back a phone. Book. Oh yeah, no internet what? back then. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, there was internet, yes. but not like what it is today. You can look everything up. Yeah, there was internet. People had phones then yeah. too. AOL, I mean. AOL chat rooms yeah. is totally different. Yeah. But I had, I remember I had to make it. I just met my wife, the woman I eventually. We took a trip to Wichita, and I told him, "He goes Wichita, bring me back a phone book." <laughs> no, whenever, I thought you were joking. He no. was like, "Yeah, okay." He was like, "No, bring me back a phone book." Whenever I went on vacation, I snagged the phone book, the yellow pages out of the hotel. That's, that's, yeah, mm-hmm. try, try explaining to your kids what a phone book is yeah, or right. the yeah. yellow pages these days. But no, I would snag from the hotel room. I would snag the the yellow pages because it was just a wealth of businesses that you could call up every category in there. You guys come up with a story. I would just flip through the yellow pages and just look at businesses and all the different types of businesses. I'd come up with ideas, yeah. and that's how I came up with the porta potty I think I came up, it was like, you know, waste management or waste disposal or what, what a porta potty And I was like, you know what? Milton Fludge Cow gets stuck in a porta potty and that's how I came up with that. And that lady was gold. And to wrap up our second episode, this is the porta potty call. Oh, thank God you've answered. Please don't hang up. I'm stuck in one of the porta potties on the road. How could you be stuck in a porta potty? Excuse me? How, how could you be stuck in a porta potty? I stopped because my stomach was rumbling. I pulled over to use the porta john on the side of the road. I went inside, did my business. And yeah. the knob, the turn knob, will not release. I see. Okay. I'm trying, Where are you located? I'm trying to turn. Let me out of here! Where are you located, sir? What? Where are you located? I'm on the interstate. I'm in the I'm in the construction zone. Okay, but where are you? I'm down the road from that big overpass. We're on, I think it's four, no, 75. 75, you're on road 75, you're on the freeway 75? I can't get out. Who is this? There's a guy in the toilet. He's taking out the toilet, the knob won't open. The knob, it's, it's all, it's all, hello? Where are you located? Excuse me? What? Where are you located? I'm on the interstate. I stopped to go to the bathroom. I know, but where is the bathroom? It's on the side of the road in the construction zone, and it's on the edge of the hill. Edge of the hill? Right! Let me out! I'm... Where? I, I don't understand. What kind of a hill? There's an edge of the hill where the porta potty is next to. Is it our toilet? Yes, it's your toilet. I was lucky to memorize the telephone number before I went in in case I had a problem and I have my cell phone inside. All right, now wait a minute. What? Wait a minute. What? Wait a minute. I barely can hear you now. Yes, what? 
You're on what street? Give me the street. I'm the one that has all the traffic. I have to know where you're at, otherwise we can't come. I'm getting claustrophobic. Now what company you're with? Holy bejeebers. I'm not a construction worker. I was driving down the road and my stomach went a-rumbling. Because when you gotta go, you gotta go. That's right. And all right, now, you don't know where you're at, huh? I'm in the construction zone. But we got a lot of toilets. I don't know which one you're talking about. It's got the lines in the road. And the, 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 the I'm hearing traffic. They're coming very close to the porta potty now. All right, well... Actually, a car... Oh, my God, I hear a car coming. Oh! <laughs> The toilet is rolling. I'm going down the hill. Oh, my God. She's rolling down the hill. Oh, oh I stopped. I The car hit the toilet. I rolled. Oh my God, I don't even know where you're at. I rolled down the hill. But I don't know where you're at. Neither do I. Now I'm covered with poop. Hello? Yes. I, I still don't know where you're at. Neither do I. I'm all covered with poop. I'm okay. I know. I'm I know. A, but I'm, I want to know where you're at. I'm a little rattled. Hold on a minute. Oh, hold wh on. Wait. Hold on. What? Hold, hold. I'll let you talk to one of the men. Hold on. Wait, wait a sec. Doors open. Hello? Doors open. I got it's the open? I got the door open. All right. I'm out. Where, where is the toilet? I'm down the side of the mountain. Gotta go. There it is, the famous porta potty call. You know, we probably ought to do a whole episode on crotchety calls and the, the birth, back, the, the background, birth. and yeah. I want to know where yeah. Milton came from. I don't, I don't know that. Oh, I know. Essentially, oh, yeah. Of course you yeah, do. You I, did it. I know the genesis. <laughs> it's you. I know the genesis of where it came from, but I don't know if I remember everything about Milton. But we'll do an episode with uh, a lot of crotchety stuff and do a lot of explanations. And, you know, Tickle Me Elwood, that was like a real Walmart out, uh, should I say what state? I guess I can't yeah. doesn't. I mean, it, it was yeah. a Walmart in Arkansas, the Tickle Me Elwood guy. <laughs> it was Arkansas Walmart. <laughs> Some I, of those calls are you know, those These days, you know, the morning shows, they have to fake all these calls because they're so afraid of, you know, the FCC violations and the disclosures and the radio companies won't let DJs and morning folks they won't let them do these real calls anymore, so they're, they're, they're all faked. And no. not to mention the time. You know, I, people don't realize it takes hours yeah. to try to get a good current call victim on the line, so you could just be sitting there for hours calling people, and it's just easier to get, like, you know, a fake one. But these days, there are companies that specialize in phone actors to do these crank calls for radio stations. Yeah. You know, a lot it's of been these. been around for a while. A lot of these love uh, episodes and the War of the Roses, it's, it's all, you know, it's all fake these days got any questions for a future mj morning show podcast easy just send an email to mj at mjmorningshow.com anything that we left hanging any burning questions you have of me or fester or froggy anything you remember fire up the email let us know what you'd like answered uh, any material any content you'd like included mj at mjmorningshow.com and we'll do our best to include in a future episode. My social media is at Todd Schnitt on Twitter. So follow me at Todd Schnitt S-C-H-N-I-T-T -T, on Twitter. My Instagram is at Certified 
Todd Schnitt. And Frog, you love the videos of me making uh, delicious Japanese koshi hikari sticky oh, rice, right? I just yeah. love the videos of you yeah. making rice. Those are so entertaining. And, and Festo, mm-hmm. your social media is what? I don't have any social media going right <laughs> now. You sell RVs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't have nothing. Yeah, what? what are and, you going to uh, do? Froggy, you... I sell shelves. Yeah, I don't have RVs. Exactly. Nobody cares about me. All right, folks, we'll see you next time for episode three of the MJ Morning Show podcast, radioinfluence.com, making this podcast possible. It's the MJ Morning Show podcast, and we'll see you next time. The MJ Morning Show. Radio Influence strives to bring you excellence in podcasting. We work with personalities like TV chef Brian Duffy, radio personalities like Ian Beckles, news and political pundits like independent journalists Frank and Tracy Beans, experts from the sports world like veteran football scout and coach Chris Landry, pro wrestling personality David Penzer, MMA experts Jason Floyd and Daniel Galvan, and strength and conditioning coach Jeff Crochelle. If you're looking for food, sports, music, entertainment, politics, no matter the topic, Radio Influence has something for everyone. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.